This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the No Name Never podcast. I am Adam Howarth um, and not Jamie Smith because Jamie's uh, internet broke again. Um, so we're going to do a, uh, something a bit different this week. We're just basically going to have a chat about football rather than the usual more structured approach that Jamie usually takes. Um, so it's not uh, it's not really been a, a very good weekend for Burnley. Um, we lost again. We didn't score a goal again. Um, and with me to discuss all that fun stuff is uh, James Bird and Kevin Robinson. Hello, both of you. Hi. Bonjour. First of all, let's start with the easy stuff, the the game. Can we not, please? <laughs> <laughs> Can well, we I'd rather something not. completely different? Let's um, talk about like what's on TV tonight. <laughs> it's a Monday night, there's nothing on. Um, so, so the main talking point is obviously Duff sending off. Both of you have seen it, obviously. Um, what did you make of the, of the sending off? Um, well, you know, I think what Dash said was accurate. That you know, it's clearly a penalty. He does impede him, um, but it's it's never a sending off. Um, you know, Jason Shackle's got him covered, and and Arfield's even got him covered because Arfield has the ball before the player even hits the deck. Um, and I think the other disappointing thing was that I thought that the, the West Ham player made a lot of it. Um, you know, there was contact. It, he was impeded, but. Not enough to you know to go down like Superman, um, and I think I tweeted on Saturday that to be honest in that situation, I I would make it so that the referee has the option to both give the penalty and book the player who was fouled. Yeah, I mean it 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 was it was a bad challenge, and that's what it was. It was a bad challenge. He this is it was this is a, I'm trying to work out how, how old Michael Duff is, but this is a challenge from somebody who is 37 year, years old. It was it was just a bit slow to to react. Um, it, 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 was, it was it was it was definitely nothing malicious about it. He took it, brought him down, um, and it was a penalty. But it, it wasn't a sending off. Like like James has said, there was several players around around the around the man, and I'm not really quite sure what what the referee was, um, what what his reasoning was. And this is I think this is the reason why we need referees to, to talk about things after the match because actually he could have seen something what 
something could have happened. You could have seen something what we, we we've completely missed. Unlikely, uh, but he, he could have done. He could have had a legit, legitimate reason for sending him off. Um, yeah, I, but if, if he can't explain why he's sent it off, and we've just got to speculate and say that actually he's he's done a bad job. Someone on gate on uh, goals on Sunday, which I actually watched the repeat of, not the the live thing, because it just came after the cricket and classic. Totally. I, I like how you're, you're trying to justify we're, we're your watching not, of goals on Sunday. I'm not. I'm not uh, choosing to watch Chris Kamara, honestly. Usual thing. It was like the control was too far away, and I was like, "Well, I'll see what it is." But Chris Kamara, uh, Chris Kamara said that it was a professional foul because he he leaves his arm round him and holds him back. What? Um, and while his hand does sort of linger in the player's midriff, I wouldn't really say he was pulling him back, more sort of like lightly stroking his belly. <laughs> Sounds far <laughs> too wrong, no. Maybe that's why he was sent off. <laughs> but, I mean, Chris Kamara then was adamant that this is a, a genuine reason it was a red card. Uh, and Troy Deeney was like, I think you're still ridiculous. I think it's still not red and harsh. So. Are you allowed to stroke... Other players' bellies is that is that is that allowed in football? So I, I think that's definitely seen as pulling him back now. You know the drag of your fingers, like <laughs> it's like, I, I'm concerned about what the next. I'm, 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 I'm wondering if it's an actual offence. Is what's the next step? Is kind of combing someone's hair or brushing, giving a little breathing kiss on the cheek? The classic one's breathing on. <laughs> it's like in FIFA where uh, where there's that bug where the players start. Kissing on the yeah. Have you seen that? It's it's very very surreal, and I'm not sure why that bugs there. Um, thankfully, that happened. Yeah, thank you. Know, you sent, sent off for sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's ever happened though. Mm, probably <laughs> unlikely. I, I'm willing to bet that uh, sexual assault has not happened on. <laughs> <laughs> At least in a Premier League game, if not anything else. <laughs> yeah, no, how, how on earth we got from um, Duff making a foul? To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sexual assault. Uh, anyway, uh, the, one of the, the weirdest things for me is that John Moss, who was the referee, is actually um, the the referee for the, the FA Cup final um, later in, in the month, which seems if he's making mistakes like that. And I think when he, he was first amount, uh, announced, he... Um, yeah, it was. A, it raised a few eyebrows. Go on, James. Yeah, I think actually someone said on Twitter, and I wasn't at Duff's uh, testimonial Q and A, so I can't vouch that this is one hundred percent true. But apparently, he was asked about refereeing in the Premier League, and he singled out John Moss as a not very good example. Really? That was surprising. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh... Apparently, yeah, I, I'm not. You never, you're never, never sure if, if the, this sort of thing is true. Attribute that quote to him, but that is what someone on Twitter said. Yeah, so at least someone on Twitter thinks it, if not Michael Duff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, uh, I guess it, it's quite an easy thing to deal with. Like we can all see that it's a, it's a sending off, but it wasn't. Uh, it, it was a. Around. It was a, uh, a penalty, but not a sending off. That I get there eventually, um, but. I, I thought that in the in the first half at least we didn't look terrible in that we did create a couple of chances um, and we looked like scoring maybe once, um, which is quite good for a Burnley side. Let's face it. Well, uh, isn't that isn't that the story of our season? But I, I don't think there's I think there's been maybe two or three games all season where we've looked terrible. The rest of the time we've just been there's been nothing huge to complain about other than we just we, we just we just can't get that spark going forward and we can't create anything 
I mean, there's plenty of games where we've, we've looked relatively comfortable, but that's the problem. I think we look comfortable and we never look like we're really taking the game to the opposition. That's, that's my thought. Yeah, I think uh, I think it, it started beca- becoming the case that even if we perform well, it doesn't seem like we're performing well because we're not scoring goals and we're not winning games. So like the the kind of optimism that performing well gives and and gave at, at, at the uh, the start of the season starts to wear off when you realise that stats don't mean that much, um, and and you're probably going to go down if you don't score goals. Yeah. Well, that's a key stat, really, isn't it? <laughs> goal scored. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's the only the, the only stat that really matters is goals scored and and goals conceded. Well, points, point, points won. <laughs> Theoretically, you could you could you could get beat 120 nil on the last day of the season, um, but yeah. still have enough points to stay up. So okay. I'm starting to regret saying that that's the only stat that matters. James, didn't didn't you you on on Twitter you had a case for you 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 had a bit of an argument with someone as usual um, <laughs> about uh, saying that the the only reason we're going down is that because we haven't scored enough goals. Yeah, well, I actually had several arguments on Twitter. On <laughs> um, Which one? Well, yeah, the, the first one, Kev actually was the instigator with someone else who. You know, felt his opinion wasn't represented, or something. But I then, yeah, I then tweeted later on that you know there's only one reason that we we're going to go down, and that's that we, you know, simply haven't scored enough goals. Um, someone then came back, and it wasn't. It was the most bizarre thing because he's basically agreeing with me, but saying actually there's two reasons: the first ten games and the, the last eight. And I was like, oh no, I don't really agree. I think that we've not scored enough games enough goals in all of the games he was like well which one do you disagree with I was like neither because you're right we haven't scored enough goals in those two but I think there's only one reason we didn't score enough all season because um, I then did look it up and we've only scored twice or more I think seven times and we've only won two of those games so we've only scored more than twice we're just not converting on it and um, you know I think all our wins have been one goal games so we, you know, it's it's evident we just haven't scored enough goals. And you know, if you look at um, particularly sort of the nil-nil draws that are in there, you know, if you score a goal in that, you've won. <laughs> it doesn't really take rocket science, does it, to to realise that. Particularly, you know, if you look at the Palace game, we had a great chance. We had a penalty, missed it. Um, and yeah, you know, there's the other penalty we missed as well. That again, if you score that. You're probably looking at a different season. It's quite hard to talk about, really, because um, there there have been chances in games that have been so close to going in and could have changed the whole season. I, I guess, like, um, if, like, say, on Saturday, Danny Ings's header over the bar. If if that he he changes the angle of his head slightly and that went in. Um, then it's, it's, a it's, a, oh, yeah. it's a whole different different story. Um, but that, that's the same in a lot. Of games. I think if you go back and you look at, you know, well, I'd say there's probably a third of our games that really, if we, you know, played the way you, you ideally want us, would have come out differently. I think if you look back and actually talk the points that we probably should have earned, we're probably mid-table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Problem is, we just, you know, we don't we don't score enough, and um, or we score twice in the first twenty minutes and then don't win. 
I think uh, I think when you're talking about chances missed as well, you can probably look at it from the other end as well. But we've probably the opposition's probably just had just as many of us mm. should have scored chances, but but hasn't done. Yeah, I mean, but then again, there's a lot of them that aren't just the chances; it's the you know the pressure we put on. And yeah. you just find it miraculous we didn't force someone to make a save at some point. Um, I mean, those are the more disappointing ones actually, because you know the games where maybe you say, "Oh, well, so and so hit the post," you're like, "Well." You know, at least we did something. And, you know, so and so made a fantastic save, and you were like, "Well, at least it's memorable." At least he, you know, at least he had to make a save. Yeah. Compared to the games like where you say, "Oh, we battered them for twenty minutes, but actually we didn't get in their box and we didn't actually shoot." So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a case. It's like it's just starting to all turn into a case of what if. Like, it's the it's the whole the story of the the whole season is what what if like. That that chance was scored. What if Dice made a substitution five minutes earlier? <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if like he didn't on Saturday? He didn't take George Boyd off. What what would happen? Oh, don't don't even don't even mention that to me. Well, that, that's what I want to talk about it because that is the most. On, on, everyone's talking talk about the, the, the sending off as a ridiculous decision. For me, that is the most ludicrous decision we. I've seen in a Burnley game all season. On Saturday, we we broke a club record for the, the most the longest time without a goal scored. I'm and, actually told, by the way, that's wrong. Oh well, we didn't. But, uh, we nearly did. <laughs> we nearly <laughs> did. That, that, well, that was, regardless of whether it's a club record, it's still a rubbish record for how minutes without a goal. Yeah. And incredibly, we took off one of our most creative, probably I'd say our second most creative player. Uh, Behind Ings for a centre back, and okay, it, it might Boyd might not have been at his best in the last couple of games, but who's more? If we we won't go behind, if we if it's nil nil or if it's one nil to us, okay, fair enough. Uh, let's steady the ship a bit. If if we're behind and we've not scored a goal in about six years, <laughs> how do you take off one of your most creative players and bring on a centre? But I think it's absolutely ludicrous. I think I could not get over it. I, I think it's absolutely terrible decision. I'm. I, I, I I'm spoke to you really, after. Yeah, I spoke to you I'm after still the game. Really, really angry about you it. Very angry about that. I'm just interested to you, you guys. Do you? I don't know if because I know um, Chris Borden on on Twitter kind of. Try to defend it a little bit, but I don't know. Is it just me who think that's stupid? Do you guys think? Well, I wouldn't have done it, but I can see why he did do it because I mean, it's just a classic, you know, when you play football manager, you got a man sent off you and he was a defender, you brought on a new defender, didn't you? To it was more a case of who had to come off for a new defender, but I wasn't in many relegation battles on football manager, so <laughs> and I mean, at this stage, we were so well, you know, we were pretty much relegated anyway. You might just think, well, let's leave it with just three defenders on, and if we get beat five 0 it's not going to be any different to if we got beat one 0 Especially like say, when, would, when you're not scoring to... goals at all, you, you, I, I, I can't understand it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think there may there, there may be a convoluted explanation for it, and but it, on the face of it, at least, it looks like a very very strange decision to make. Um, which is me being very diplomatic and giving some giving Sean Dice some some room for manoeuvre there, um, but it, it's not a, a new thing for us to be scratching our heads at um, a, a decision made by Sean Dice, which is kind of wanna, what I want to move on to now because I think we've talked about the the, the game enough because it's quite a depressing thing to talk about. Um, 
But there, there was lots of debate um, on Twitter and social media generally after after the match on on Saturday um, that Sean Dyche's uh, maybe run out of energy maybe is that is that a good way to put it maybe he's he's too inflexible for our needs and if he were to uh, to go somewhere else in the summer um it wouldn't be the, in the end of the world um that's me basically quoting our own jamie smith who wrote um wrote this basically into a, an article for espn yeah um i i, I disagree if, if john dice went this summer i'd be i'd be i'd be really gutted um but that's not to say that um He's. I think if one thing's come from this season, it's maybe taught people um, that he's human. Um, because mm. we all remember last time we built up a manager as being as being godlike, um, and, and it turned out he wasn't either. He was, uh, and yeah, Sean Dyche is in. Sorry, he was also going to get us relegated. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you I, love yeah. opening up that wormhole, don't you, James? Yeah. Well, it's just the way people always like. We kept going, Carl, and no, we were going yeah. down. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. But it's, it's, it's that thing where, for so long, and, and Sean Dyche, you, you couldn't, you could not, you could not criticize a word, any, anything about him because he he had this almost godlike figure about him, and he, he could not do, do do any wrong to some fans. And actually, do you know, what? He's, he's got a lot wrong this season. And okay, on the on the whole, he's he's done a good job. He's probably he's probably the good probably outweighs the 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 bad when you look at. I know it's a, it's, a, it's a cliche almost, but when you look at the resources we've, he's, he's had to, to work with and probably the, the standard of players had to work with to to, to keep us in the, in, the, in the mix for most of the season, I think until the last kind of month or two, we, I, I was really confident we'd stay up. Um, so I, for the majority, he's, do, he's done well, but he has made some big mistakes as well. Um, his inflexibility is a big one. And I think that's a big problem, actually, because last season... Um, and probably at the start of this season, actually, one of the biggest things for him was that consistency. And that's why he always keep his system the same, he'd keep um, the, the players the same. And and he had a good reason for that. It, it worked really, really well for us last season. It was getting players, rather than thinking about individual games, it's just, it's just focusing on what, what they were doing um, and kind of keeping that momentum going. Um, but I think the difference between the Championship and the, and the Premier League is... You've, the, the scouting network in the Premier League is extensive um, compared to the Championship, and, and you're going to have a couple of scouts at each game looking at different aspects of the tactics. And I think it, the, the Premier League is a lot more, much, much more of a tactical, tactical league rather than the Championship. Yeah. Um, and, and when you've got that inflexibility, and you can't, and you, 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 managers know exactly how we're going to set out. Um, I think that becomes a problem. Um, I mean, you've got the other side of the inflexibility where, as we said, I've just been talking about on Saturday where he, he, he won't change things during the game. When it's, when it's quite clear that things are not working um, in a game, he, he, he's stuck with it. Um, and, and that's a big problem for me as well. And it's, it's not, I mean, the argument James referenced earlier, I, 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 said, I said this on Twitter and somebody, somebody couldn't really get into his head that I could criticise one aspect of Daesh's management but still have a favourable image of him overall. So I still, I'm still a great fan of Dyche. I think he's a fantastic manager. And I think he's going to do great things for his next season. But that doesn't mean I can't criticise one element of his of his work, and that's what frustrates me. Yeah, well, like, I guess um, I, I was reading just just before the podcast. I was reading his comments from from the press conference before the game, um, and he said, "We have tried everything we know. We have had uh, we've had." three centre forwards on the pitch at times and we are the only team in the division to play with two up front in every game and 
that that interested me because it's almost like he's saying they've been flexible in that they've tried everything they know, but also highlighting the exact reason um, why they've uh, <laughs> why he's not flexible in yeah. that they played with two up front in every game. I mean, that's a positive move. It's seen as a positive move. I mean, like the classic thing is to go like play four four two at home, go four five one um away um and we've never done that um i don't think um maybe maybe once when we were forced to um but but it's it's obvious that he does he does he realize it's a it's a problem or does he not think it's a problem or is it not a problem overall and does he realize that he's counting lucas jukovic as a center forward (laughs) yeah that's a good point (laughs) james what do you think on this um, well, I think it's it's really quite difficult to, to criticise him, you know, after what he's done. But, you know, there, there are elements that, you know, maybe um, he's been reluctant to change that, it, you know, perhaps should have been. Um, I'm not necessarily sure the formation's one of them, because um, I think you can see that the formation sort of roughly does work. But I think a, a big problem for us has been having individuals not playing up to the roles that you know that they're intended to fill and and I think when you get that it's hard to you know he talks about us playing two up front every game uh, and normally you'd think well two up front if you get crosses in someone's going to be on the end of it and the, I think that's been a big issue for us that we've played two up front and strikers haven't been in positions to to capitalise on crosses and I mean that's obviously really difficult to blame Dash for because these are strikers that last season you yeah, know, either for us, ones. yeah, either for us or for other people, have shown they're ca- perfectly capable of getting into, you know, these positions in the box where they can uh, get on the end of crosses. But for whatever reason, that hasn't really happened this season. I think you know, Bowie, Ashley Barnes is the only one who gets a free pass. You know, he's been on the end of quite a few balls and maybe just not quite had the look um, when it comes to you know people clearing off the line or you know the goalkeeper making a save. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You had one on on Saturday. It was basically cleared uh, like saved on the line by the by the keeper I think. yeah, yeah and it. and you'd say he's he's one of the people that you know earlier in the season Burnley fans were maybe most critical of getting a game yeah so, you know he's not even a one tweet was what he's not even a championship striker yeah that was a comment on on, on, on you know I think and I think from the evidence we've seen that you know um I don't think we're going to go far wrong with Ashley Barnes up front next season he looks like he could really you know, get get a hatful in the in the championship after what he's doing in the Premier League. Um, but I think actually the real criticism from tactics wise for Dash would definitely be the substitutions and yeah. when they made. Um, you know, I'm not against making a sub in the last five minutes. We saw obviously against Blackburn in Dash's first probably first Blackburn game. I think he brought short, uh, Sam Vokes on late, and he scores uh, the equaliser, and he scores a winner. Yeah. Um, so late substitutes can work, but just sometimes it's evident that the game needs that change earlier. You know, around the 60-65 minute mark, uh, which I think to me is always set up in the traditional point where you know you get to half time, maybe the game's not quite going your way, you're still in the game. And I've always thought, as a fan at least watching the game, you you think at half time, well, will it don't change anything now because I always think half time's too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do too. You know, give it fifteen, twenty minutes, and if our fortunes aren't looking like they're turning round, you know, think about mixing it up a little, bringing someone different on. But surely um, that that ties into the the formation thing because often it's just a like for like 
substitution and that's that's also a criticism that he receives is that they're always like for like and yeah true but sometimes that is just what you need because you know yeah, i think a yeah. lot of i think a lot of the games you can see that you know we're not playing badly um we yeah. just seen that spark and sometimes just changing the player is and, you know, yeah, you and there have been games where it looks like we're out of it and then suddenly it's it's still the same formation yet we look like a different side all of a sudden exactly yeah. and i think I, but I think there's i think there's different things though because there's there's players there's individual players not play not not performing to the best which which happens that, that's just that just happens but there's also sometimes when it's quite clear that the system isn't working um and that's what i think was i mean i i understand, yeah definitely sometimes making that like for like change is it it works because with with set up in a certain way and and if it's working you don't want to change the system um if it's just an individual player who's not quite at his peak um then then yeah then great but i think the the, the problem is that it's it's always a like for like even when it it's quite clear that the, the system isn't working that's my yeah, problem. For me, the only the only thing I'd say system wise that sometimes I thought we'd need is um, a five man midfield and an anchor for the midfield. And obviously, the problem is we can't make that change because we don't have someone who can play that role. Um, which is where, when we're playing the blame game, everything else gets brought into like the, yeah, the which board means, get blamed, the risk, the crew, you know, or whatever. You are you are pretty much stuck. You can't bring on a an anchorman if you don't have an anchorman on the bench so yeah. you know we did early in the season you could have brought Chalibur on and done that and exactly you know we never did so at that point yeah you can maybe say that's that's a fault but you know later in the season that's just not been an option and the only thing I've maybe thought that and this is more recently when we've sort of been at the stage where we're kind of desperate and I would have done it against Tottenham I would have done it against Arsenal is the last 15 minutes I would have put three up front because I would have been like get everyone up front yeah, he, get get the ball to Trippy, get the ball to me, cross the ball in the box, and just pray someone's going to head it. Just go for it, yeah. Even if the case would have been, you know, you bring off one of your centre midfielders and um, put Shackle up front. You bring off a centre midfielder, put another centre back on, and you just put Shackle up front as the third striker because he's going to head the ball. Yeah, you know whether he's going to, he doesn't really score against. Anyone do you remember when we? Uh, do you remember when we, we started Michael Duff up front? I think it was against. It was, this was a long, long, long time ago. It was when Steve Cottrell was boss. <laughs> I think it was against Reading. I think Reading were top of a league, and, and we, put, we came to the turf. And for some reason, we started Michael Duff up front. Um, maybe that's an option. <laughs> the the answer to that question is no. I do not remember that. So maybe he's yeah, probably he probably would offer more of a goal threat than um than, than the Duke. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Poor, poor Duke, he comes in for a very rough ride. But I, I actually feel really sorry for the Duke because I think up until sort of the Sunderland game at home, I thought he was doing you know pretty well. Do you know what? I, I do like I do like him. I think he puts a lot of effort in, and I think off the ball he does a lot of good work. The issue um, for me was he didn't score early but on. That, that's it. I don't I don't think he's ever even come close to scoring for us. I don't. I, I can't. I just, I, he might. He probably has done one or two occasions, but I generally can't remember a single. Actually, he's pretty good. So I think you know, up until Leicester away, I thought he was doing all right, and he just really needed a goal. And then when he didn't get one, I think it sort of weighed on him. And you know, once you lose that confidence, I think it's very difficult for a player, yeah, particularly a striker. Um, but I do, I do think he does a lot of good work out of the box. Um, but, but but when you're not scoring goals as a, as a team, and that's great if you've got other players scoring, scoring goals around you. Um, but but that's something we, we've just not had this season. We've not had the goals coming from midfield like we had last season. 
um, and, and maybe next season in the championship, maybe he, if, 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 if he's still with us, maybe that's a role he can play really well because we know that we've got players who can score goals from the, from the midfield in the championship. Even even Marnie got a few last season. Uh, our field, we know, when he's um, not in the centre, can get some lots of goals from midfield. Um, but I think Boyd's probably the only mid- player who's got any real goals from midfield this season. Um, so when you've got a striker yeah. who's... Scott, who, Scotty who's, off against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, yes, one. <laughs> one, there we go. We, we've but, cracked it, guys. Yeah, but I think if you've got if you've got a striker whose work is all outside the box and you've not got anyone else scoring again, uh, alongside him, that's, that's a bit of a problem. So, like, we've reached a stage now where we're definitely going to go down, right? Everyone is agreed on that. Yeah, pretty uh, much. I think it, we, we, we definitely going down before the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the fat lady is definitely in hand of the lyric sheet now. So. It's so frustrating because, do you know what? Let's say, I don't know, I, I can't remember how long it is ago, but a month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer, I was really, really, really confident that we were going to stay up. I thought we, we, we were doing enough. Um, and then, bizarrely, the, the other teams around us started winning just as we've had the, the most horrific run of form and it's so, um, if you look at the table now it's 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 it's, impo- it's, it's, I can't, it's hard to believe just how 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 far we've dropped in that short amount of time because gone from a, a stage where i was really confident we were staying up i was i, I yeah i i i was i'd have put money on a staying up at what, just over a month ago to now where we look by far well the, the table doesn't lie by far the worst team in the league yeah we're we're now bottom of the table 26 points, 8 points off Leicester who are out of the relegation zone. That's that's one of the most depressing parts is that Leicester look like they might stay up um, because I can't stand Nigel Pearson. So. Uh, who'd, have thought, who'd have thought two months ago that Leicester would yeah, finish exactly. 8 SL points above us? I think actually if you when you say about hitting Nigel Pearson if you take away Pearson and Varney I think Leicester is actually quite a likeable club. Yeah. Uh, when you add those two in <laughs> Well, it's, it's, that's kind uh, of what um, what's he what's he called? The guy that interviewed him, and it was what's he called? Oh, Pat, uh, Pat Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, yeah, Pat Murphy. That's Fantastic. that's kind of what he was saying. He was like, everyone really likes Leicester apart from you. So, yeah, uh, if if you if you're listening to the podcast and haven't heard that incredible, really strange, uh, like extraordinary interview in which Pat Murphy tells. Nigel Pearson to get some anger management lessons. I think with Nigel Pearson, someone needs to make a YouTube mega compilation. <laughs> Just all stupid things he said. Like, yeah. that guy he called an ostrich. <laughs> and then he was like, can you fit your head? And then the weird thing was he turned it around on himself. Because he was like, can you fit your head in the sand? He I was like, are you flexible? I don't think are you're you fl- flexible enough. He yeah, said, are you flexible? He's like, I can. I'm like, what? So you're now saying you want to, Nigel? Finish. That's not what they're talking when they're talking about managerial flexibility. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, Dyche isn't flexible enough to fit his uh, head in the sand. Yeah, I don't think he's. Has Dyche got a neck? <laughs> what? <laughs> this has got so weird. It, it just I'm looks like he hasn't got a neck. <laughs> mm, I'm pretty sure he has a, a neck. Like physiologically, he has a neck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what the, the most frustrating, the most disappointing thing for me about us being being so rubbish now is not the relegation. Okay, that yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, that's quite but frustrating. I was really, I can't remember who it was, but earlier in the season, somebody said if we if we kind of getting close at the end of the season, we should do a compilation of our goals to the um, are we out of the woods yet by Taylor uh, yeah, Swift. Yeah, and I was so excited. Pretty sure that was together. James. I'd even yeah. got it. All, I'd, I'd got it all planned down. I'd got 
I've got um, which goals are going to go at which point, which dice managerial expression is going to go at which point when you're going to. I, I've got it all mapped out, and then Sean Dyche and his team ruined it, and I will never forgive them. I've, I've got a longer running thing that actually is really annoying about getting rogue. Is it the Derby fan? Other than just getting rogue. The Derby fan. So, I, I, you know, he tweeted me as soon as we got promoted last year. In fact, it might have been after they failed to get promoted, saying that we were going to come straight back down and they were going to go up automatic. And that was like, well, we probably will go straight back down. But I was like, don't see you going up automatic. And they bottled it. And I could go back to him and be like, well, see you next season. You were half right. But it would have been so much sweet if I could have gone, oh, that went well, didn't it? James, you have like a... a a document where you put all the, the tweets that you're going to go back to in a no, year I was going to have to search for it <laughs> at least but at least Twitter be... allows you to, to access their full archive nowadays yeah I, can I, I just say by the way I just remember what is... sorry go on I just remember what people say to me I don't I'm not I don't have the foresight to remember to actually then bookmark what they did <laughs> <laughs> go on Kev I was going to say as, we, as this is quite a depressing podcast we're talking about relegation and and defeats and stuff can we just take a moment to um t- just to have a, a few silent moments to to think about derby county and yes. uh, <laughs> just I, how just just how tragic how tragic they are they were they were, they were so adamant they were going to catch us last season they were just a little bit far behind they were so adamant they were going to catch up and, and and win promotion this season oh and, and the, again the, the players that we tried to sign from them all the fans were crowing and being like oh we're gonna go up in your your stair to be honest until until last season and i actually encountered derby county fans derby county was like one of the most harmless clubs in the world i, I just really yeah. care about them. i just from, you like know, Chegwin. i had no opinion on them. i still have no opinion on most of them i just hate the fans the yeah. Switzerland of football teams. Yeah. I actually feel really bad for Lee Grant, though, because I would have liked to see him get promoted. I know Burnley <laughs> fans seem to have this thing where something goes wrong for his team and it's Lee Grant's fault. Yeah, well, that's Pop the down. nature of being a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, and but at least, fans uh, like, yeah, for at more least, money. Uh, we did. Poor uh, guy. Yeah, at least Bournemouth got promoted with Eddie Howe. Like, that, I, I know a lot of fans would be like... Yeah. I'm completely... Not for. I don't have an opinion. Do you know what? I actually feel. I feel. I feel. I feel. I feel rubbish about that because I, I like. I like how, but I, I. I sort of feel like. Yeah. Why can't you do that with us? No, I just. I just uh, feel like. I, I feel like. I, I feel like. I, I've not. I've, thankfully, I've not had this experience, but I feel like it's almost seeing, kind of, your your ex doing something amazing and getting this. I. I, I, yeah. I feel. I feel getting rich. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I feel, I just feel really jealous of him. I think it's a, it's a really rubbish thing because we've had our season in the Premier League this season. We have that promotion last season, which is fantastic. We've been in the Premier League this season, and so there's not really much to be jealous of, really, because we've, we've, we've anything what he's got, we, we've, we've had. But I, I just feel really jealous, and I, I, I don't really know why, uh, but I do. So, so yeah, I'm going to shake my fist at you, Hal. Yeah, well, to be honest, I just thought he was so distinctly average for us that I have no strong feeling. I feel like Eddie Howe just kind of like fizzled out at Burnley. Yeah, that was definitely it. It didn't really you know, happen. Do you remember Gay Thready? Yeah. Oh my god, I remember that. Those are the days. Yeah, I think but it just it fizzled was, out. It, as a it, was, it, was, it was a really exciting management state. It was a really exciting appointment. And yeah, it was. The, the early days were really exciting, but like you say, that fizzled out is exactly it. And I think, like you say, when you left, nobody cared. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember like, we, were pe- we were playing. I can't, we were playing. 
West Ham or Q, no QPR, and I remember like people taking photos of him in the stand, and and then before that we beat was it Crystal Palace that wanted him, and and it, it just it just yeah. seemed very exciting that time, and then it, yeah, as you say, it did did fizzle out, but I, like I quite liked him, like how he came across, and I guess yeah, he tried no, really but... hard, and and so I don't like don't have any. Perfectly some fans fine, hate him. Evidently a good manager, but he's just out of sight. I'm just not. He's not even really on my radar. And yeah. I don't understand the fans that are either way, like the ones who are like, so glad Eddie's managed to get promoted. Or the ones who are like, can't believe Eddie Howe's got promoted, I hate him, what a... I'm like... Yeah, like... For a bit, now he's not. Well, I, I saw, I, like, I saw the news and I was just like, well, that's quite nice for him because he seems like a nice guy. So that, that I feel was... more strongly about Steve Cottrell getting Bristol City promoted. They, didn't they score seven goals at the weekend or something ridiculous? Was... I don't know. I just, I just think it's good because like, the, the, I think the way he got treated by some of our fans after he left, while he wasn't necessarily the nicest person in the world, I think he did a good job for us, you know, from what he took us from to where we ended up. Whereas if you look yeah, at Eddie I, Howe, Eddie I, Howe sort of took us up a little bit then back down to where he was when he came. Um, yeah, I, 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 I wanted, Dice, I wanted um, not Dice. I, I, I like Dice, but I, I wanted Cottrell to go when he went. I think he should have gone a bit earlier. Um, and also, I mean, I've, I've, I've not had any first-hand experiences, but I've certainly heard from a few people that he wasn't that he, he, he had a bit of a nasty side to him. I think, but I do think he, had, he got a, he got a rough ride from fans, like Jim said. I think he was one of those where it's easy to, to look at the end of his reign and think, okay. It, it, it's a bit sour now, but actually, like James said, when you look at where what where he take where where, where we where, where we when he took over, when I think we had about four or five players on the books, and we just shipped about four thousand goals. Um, yeah, we could have been season before. Yeah, it, we, absolutely. We, it's where he took us from to where we where we left us, we should have been really really grateful for that. And okay, he, he'd taken us as far as he could, but he had he had taken us forward um, quite significantly. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think he does get a bit of a rough ride. Um, well, Bristol City, he's got Wade Elliott. You can't not want to get promoted, can you? Yeah, well, Wade Elliott is a total different matter altogether. I, think every, I don't think there's much split opinion about Wade Elliott, is there? <laughs> I was <hope laughs> about Steve Cottrell. I asked. Uh, I know someone at Bristol, so I asked him um, to see if, if Cottrell would be interested in cho- talking to none ever. And apparently, just said, get a, he gave a, a one-word answer, which was no. So oh. yeah. I hate him. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's stop looking back and talking about our former managers. And what, like, so what happens now? So, it, like, both in the in the next couple of games, what do we do? Do we blood youngsters? Or do we accept defeat, or do we go and try and win? Um, I can tell you exactly what we do, Adam. We, we do, do exactly the same for the rest of the season. Well, I think what I think what we do is we we sit down, we look at what we can influence on the table, and pick who we want to get relegated. And <laughs> just have a bit of fun, you know. Because if we want Hull to go down with us, we can relegate them next week if we win. Probably, you know. If I think, if and we, we do because um, we always beat Hull. So let's that's, that's six points next season. So obviously, that's how we got our first away win in the Premier League last time at Hull. Yeah, so basically yeah. Hull adapt. David so Edgar scored twice. Us <laughs> QPR and Hull put that down as a you know a treble for relegation, and you quid in. <laughs> yep, and then what happens next season? We've already talked about Daesh, and we've—I think we've all agreed that we we'd probably want him to stay and and 
we'd be very sad if you left. So, do we? Uh, we make get... a really good go of it. I think is the yeah. But do we do we reinvent ourselves? Do we try and get rid of some players and then bring new new ones in, or do we well, try and summon we... the energy? No, I, I, don't I think, think... We need to try and get rid of some. I think some of them are going to. You know, well, yeah, obviously, Ings, Ings and or... Trippier and Heaton, maybe. I don't know. Um, they're obviously going to be the subjects of interest. I think. I think. I think one of the one of the things we've got going for us, uh, we've got two things actually. Really, I think one is that with Dice, I think we've got a good chance of not having that relegation syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Because Famous Dice, he's got that very good thing. He's, he's he seems to be very good. At focusing players on on what's unlike what we've just done for the last ten minutes, he, he seems very good at looking <laughs> forward rather than looking backwards. Yeah. And actually, if you look at some of our best results in the promotion season, they all came on the back of uh, our bad results. Yeah. So I think history so far has shown that he's quite good at, at, at recovering from disappointments. Obviously, recovering from uh, relegations a bit different from recovering from a, a draw at Ewood. Against Blackburn, sorry, I think it was at Turf, wasn't it? But um, I, I think we've got that going for us. Another thing we've got going for us is that, okay, aside from one or two players, namely um, Ings and Trippier, nobody's going to want our players. And, and that's not say, I'm not saying that in a, in a kind of that they're crap, but it's just that what our, our success has very much been built on, on the team rather than individuals. And I don't think I don't think there's many players in, in, our, in our team who are actually anyone's going to be looking at, uh, which means we can probably keep the, the, the nucleus of the team that got promoted. Um, obviously, we'll have, we'll have Vokes coming back as well. And it, it's, I think it depends on how well we can replace the, the likes of Trippier and Ings, who, who, who will probably be, be departing us this summer. Yeah, I think there's likely three people who will go. I think um, Ings, Trippier and Shackle are probably all yeah, uh, people that I reckon Eddie Howe might buy Shackle because he's very keen on Shackle. But um, you know, I think Trippy is the disappointing one because um, you know Ings is probably was probably going either way. Um, yeah. But you know, I think if we stayed up, Trippy was definitely going to stay. So um, you know, it's going to be disappointing to see him go. But you know, he's he's obviously going to um, do all right in his career and probably end up playing for England. So uh, can't really begrudge him. I think that's basically all, all that we we have. Let's do some predictions for for the whole game. We're, we're playing Hull next week. I haven't really spoken about it because is there much point talking about the the, the individual games anymore? Because we basically know we're going to go down. So, well, this is this is a thing because well, you'd say we're going to get beat because we're rubbish at the moment. But this is Hull, so we might actually. We, this is I mean, this is <laughs> we might actually win. Mm. And even if we don't win, we might come on. We, we, we've got to score at least. This is Hull. Yeah, that, team. Winning would require we actually score a goal. So. Yeah, but I mean, at the very least, even if we get beat six-one, let's score a goal. Okay, because it's Hull. And, and Hull, come on! It's, if we, we when we play Hull, we always we always do well. <laughs> so if we can't, if we get beat by Hull, then that's it. That's so what are you predicting? You're basically saying let's score a goal, but we might get beat. So I no, don't I'm, really know. I'm going to say we're going to we're going to win it. We're going to win it one 0 just because it's Hull. Okay. We don't deserve to win it. We'll probably be rubbish, but we'll still get a crap a scrappy goal. Wait, so that's the opposite of the entire season. We've been decent, but not scored a goal. So you're expecting us to score well, a goal, but not yeah, very good. Don't I don't think I don't. I think we. I, th- I think we'd be saying we've done all season comfortable, but not really. Oh yeah. Okay. I got you. What about you, James? I think we're going to, you know, break out offensively, have a great game, five <laughs> nil. 
okay, fine. I'm going to go with uh, 2-1 to us because this has been such a depressing podcast apart from and the talk of... You, you could vote. I mean, in all seriousness, we are we are down now. So it could be that where the pressure's off a little bit now where actually the last few weeks maybe we have been looking over the shoulder and thinking, you know, worrying about relegation where now okay it might still be mathematically possible to stay up i'm not sure actually but yeah, it is if it is just okay but we have to win on saturday yeah um i think it probably it's probably at the point where the players have realized that we're, we're going down and maybe we will have that bit of um i've actually i've actually remembered another reason we might win on saturday here we go because because we don't want to get relegated on the anniversary of the orient game do we there we go. There we go. So we can't we can't get relegated on the anniversary of the Orient game. So we'll win just to prolong the game relegation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with two one. Um, but yeah, this has been actually quite fun. I'm not very used to doing this, but hey, we talked about football. We talked about. I'd say it's better than when Jamie does it. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, we we talked about some random stuff. Did we talk about sexual assault? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so before we go, we've got to thank our, our sponsors at Neville, Neville G. Um, and also check out this website called nonenever.net. Um, we've got some good stuff on the site this this week. Um, Thomas Pickles wrote an article um, about how rubbish the Premier League is. Um, so it's, it's all pretty cheery on there, but check it out. Um, and follow us on Twitter at nonenevernet. And maybe like us on Facebook if you can find us. Um, yeah, but that's all we've got time for. Thank you and good day slash night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.